0: I-V-M Here's your smart fact of the day. I'm sure all of you who listen to Smarter With Sid are obviously familiar with what a TED talk is and what TED is. But did you know TED actually was conceived in 1984 by a guy called Harry Marks? Yeah, that's surprising because we all associate the current curator of TED and TED Talks and, you know, the, the entire franchise uh, model that TED is on with a guy called Chris Anderson, who essentially took it over from 2002. Did you also know that in 2018, the annual membership fee for TED was around $7,000? But essentially, the conference itself was $10,000 per attendee, if you just wanted to attend the TED conference. Let me begin with a confession, right? I mean, that's what we do at Smarter With Sid, right? What we do is that we uh, build a little bit of a context. After we build that context, then we actually understand. Well, we start off with a smart fact, then we build a little context, then we go down to first principles, if there are any the deeper truths, and then some takeaways, if we have any takeaways for us to use you know, or for us to be aware of whenever we are making any decisions in our career, work, life, etc. right? So that's the overall broad level sort of flow of this particular talk, which is not a TED Talk, but it's my podcast. Okay, so coming back to TED Talks. I think a little bit of context is extremely important. I used to love TED Talks. In fact, when it went online, which was in the early 2000s, is when I came to know about it. Obviously, TED was centered around technology, entertainment, and design, but it hardly ever stood by those things only. In fact, they became uh, more and more across the field, those ideas worth spreading. And that's what probably TED was. They, They were ideas worth spreading. And I used to love TED Talks, I used to listen and get completely immersed in a TED Talk. And I used to be, you know, the whole world was opening up to me. And I'm sure people of my vintage used to love TED Talks as well. And, you know, there there was a lot of feeling amongst people my age that I'm going to give a TED Talk one day. Or yes, I want to attend a TED conference in Vancouver one day and, and stuff like that. But... If I notice over a period of time, it seems to have diluted. And while it has many references, even in movies like, hey, this sounds like a TED talk, or even some of my lectures, students have kind of said that, you know what, this sounded like a TED talk, which I kind of took as a compliment. But the fact is that these TED talks have kind of diluted. And I was wondering why. And this is where I do the deep dive. The deep dive actually shows me two or three things. The first thing is when TED started coming into our imaginations, not as the conference, but when it started going digital, it was a place wherein I could really learn new ideas. They were so brilliant. They were fantastic. And eventually they allowed me to connect the dots, etc. But at that point in time, YouTube Okay was a very interesting place because it only had cat videos and it was at its infancy, really, and so therefore, I was not getting any material of note from YouTube at that point in time. Maybe YouTube hadn't figured out my algorithm for me, but that's that's what it was. But over a period of time, the quantity of quality content, okay, that was a tongue twister, and the quantity. Of quality content on YouTube just increased. And I started getting into various rabbit holes and I figured out one really crazy thing that a lot of the content on YouTube was amazing because there was no restriction. Okay. There was no 18 minutes or 20 minutes. So uh, you know, I we could go down a rabbit hole with Robert Sapolsky, for example, on behavioral biology, listen to Stanford series lectures, listen to various other professors and, and stuff like that. And so Because there was no restriction on time, it meant that people who wanted to do a deeper dive. And trust me, Joe Rogan was also there in the 2010, around 2010 to very recently. So you had these long assed videos, which also served as quasi-podcasts for a long time. And it was a very strange place. And I think that contributed to TED kind of going down because TED had a restrictive format, which was 18 minutes or 20 minutes. Trust me, that format is good because it allows for more concise things to happen. But the audience also evolved. And now they were thinking, which is the second reason, they were thinking that I don't think 20 minutes is a short time. It is a long time. And that kind of put the spanner in TED's work, right? Because here was an audience which was moving either to YouTube, the older audience was moving to YouTube, the younger audience was coming in and saying, hey, 20 minutes is too long. Okay, so caught between a rock and hard place. So you had these two elements. And the third element was essentially that the business model, or whatever the model was, was a franchisee-driven one. And it led to a certain level of mediocrity in the TED Talks. Now, I'm not saying... It's not a good idea to get speakers around the world and and stuff like that. And some of these speakers are brilliant, even in, you know, the TEDx things, right? So TEDx Micah is one thing, TEDx XYZ, you know, and some of them are brilliant and some of them are well-known. Some of them are not so good. So the quality became inconsistent, even though TED does try very, very hard to keep the quality standards really, really well. I don't think that all speakers are good. So the quantity might be good. It may not be woo-woo. It will be scientific and on all of that. But the fact is that the quality of speakers is not good. And people actually kind of tried to figure out how to game the format. So there became a sort of a format for a TED talk. And that was, you know, that led to its own downfalls because you could actually expect things to flow in a particular way especially the you know sort of uh, dramatic sort of speakers had their own but uh, peculiar format which was immediately copied and that's that's a strange rant that I'll say for a better time because I think the the copying of a format and making it popular doesn't only exist in TED it exists across all social media as well. So these are the three reasons YouTube the evolution of the audience and you know, the format itself being kind of uh, copied by speakers who are not so good. So I decided to kind of, after listening from a very close family member, I, who went to a TED talk and what I was pleasantly surprised to hear that the speakers in this specific TEDx were very good. So I said, okay, why not give it a shot? Let me go to TED again. And I went to TED and I realized that, wow, you know, This is a great discovery platform now. So while YouTube you can discover, you know, there's so many suggestions that sometimes you get stuck and then you get distracted and stuff. But the information architecture of the TED.com or the TED app or whatever is quite good. And it allows you to select it's quite intuitive. It is clear and it allows you to discover new things. So I actually went to TED.com yesterday and actually discovered a few things and they've started stuff like animation and they've started new things, right? So there's a longer uh, conversation that Elon Musk has had about 50 odd minutes uh, on TED Talk, which I haven't listened to yet, but I think I'll be will be quite interesting. So they're kind of losing the format as well. It's probably a little like Twitter moving from 130 to 280 characters or something. I don't know. I don't know. So that is something that they've been trying. And obviously, there's some advertising I saw as well. So they're also experimenting with the business model. I'm sure they did that a few years in the past. I remember vaguely. But I think these were some interesting, encouraging signs uh, for TED. I genuinely think that the way ahead for TED would perhaps be, you know, kind of restricting the amount of speakers, test the speaker. I know they do test the speaker, but they end up having the same kind of formatted way of speaker speaking. So maybe change the change the length of the thing, have different lengths, maybe five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, something like that. Maybe uh, reduce the number of franchises. I know it's it's probably against the rules of TED but hey reduce the number of franchisees in order to improve the the kind of output. So some suggestions for TED and what can we take away from this? I think the biggest takeaway is not to be restricted to a format especially when we are making our own presentations or whenever we are making any speeches or whenever we are trying to you know just share an idea or whatever. Don't be routinized I think uh, the routinization of anything tends to lead to a downfall because people can expect and it's like a magician showing a trick the way in which it's played. So that's what I think about uh, TED. So if you notice the way in which we did this for people new to Smarter with Sid, looked at the context, went down to first principles and ended up with takeaways. And hey, if you like this podcast of mine and this particular episode, do like, do share, do subscribe. And more than that, do follow me. I'm the Traveling Professor, by the way. I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Instagram. And if you like stuff like this, well, IVM Podcasts, there were some really, really good stuff going for you. On that happy note then, I'll see you soon. Ciao.